This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. We've been talking about the trajectory of faith. Go with me to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1, we're going to dive right back here into the Word of God. Ooh, i got some things that the Lord's really putting on my heart that I, I believe will help every one of us. The trajectory of faith. Now remember, the trajectory is to aim at a certain target. Well, that's the same with faith. We can go back and re- review over and over. Faith comes only by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans ten seventeen. And so again, we've got to hear the Word of God. I've got to hear the Word of God on a daily basis. The Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, he said, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Pick up with me, James 1, verse 26. If anyone, that's every one of us in this room, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives or deludes his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Now, it's interesting right here. He says that you must learn to bridle your tongue. Listen to what the New International Version says. It says, the one who does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives his own heart. So what we're going to do the rest of the evening here, we're going to go back and we're going to begin to talk about the significance of things that come out of your mouth or from your tongue. And what you'll begin to see here, there is a thing over and over in Scripture that you, or scripture, you believe with the heart and you speak with the mouth. You believe with the heart, you speak with the mouth. Watch how all this plays out. Go with me to the book of Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Now, every one of us, whether it's right now or in our past, we've all had issues with our tongues. We've said some of the stupidest things out of our mouths at times. And when you begin to see biblically the importance and the significance of what comes out of your mouth, life becomes a journey. I'm telling you, it's, it's incredible when you begin to understand the power of your tongue. Matthew 10, verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. The righteousness of faith speaks this way. Now, if I read into that right there, he's literally telling me that faith has a language. He said it speaks this way. Keep reading. We're going to pick up what he means. Do not say in your heart who will send to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend in the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. Okay. Now, I want you to go back to the very first thought in verse 6 because we're going to answer that question here in verse 8. He says, but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Jump to verse 8. But what does it say? What is the language of faith? Close attention here. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. I got to get the word of God in my mouth and I got to get the word in my heart. And he goes on to say, that is the word of faith we preach. Now, it's one thing to preach the word of God, but I got to preach the word of God with faith. Now, if you were here oh, roughly two, three weeks ago, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1, 2, and 3, specifically verse 2, The Lord said that the Israelites did not enter into the kingdom like he wanted them to 
Because they heard the word of God, but they didn't mix it with faith. So it's one thing for me to hear the word of God. It's another thing for me to mix it with faith. What would be mixing it with faith? Well, I got to start getting the word in my mouth. I got to start speaking the word. The spoken word of God is called the rhema. There's power when you begin to get your mouth in agreement with what God says. Now, looking here at verse number 8, I'm going to read it again. And verse 8, verse 9, and verse 10, play, pay close attention to the heart and mouth right here. Read verse 8 again with me. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How do you get born again? You hear the word of God, you believe in your heart, and you confess with your mouth. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. The word believe here means to trust in, to be fully convinced. A personal trust in the word of God that produces obedience. So here, what does the word confession mean or confess? The word confess means a binding declaration. So my words and your words, they declare something. They confirm something. They affirm something. The word confess means to affirm something that you believe. Now, think about this in your life. You don't get born again until you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. So he's showing us right there the significance and the power of faith's confession. And you know how I know when I get born again, it's a confession of faith? I've never seen Jesus. How many of you have ever seen Jesus? I've never seen Jesus. But just because I haven't seen him, I still believe in him. You know why I believe in him? Because the Bible, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So again, I don't have to see things just to believe them. And so even when you see the word of God, you begin to speak things. A great passage for you to learn, and I may get on this next week, is Romans 4, 17. It said, God calls those things that be not as though they are. That's not lying. That's getting a hold of what the scriptures say, and I begin to speak what the word of God says. The Bible says that we're overcomers. I start confessing that. I'm an overcomer, even though in my life in a situation, I'm not an overcomer yet, but I'm calling that thing that be not as though it is. Keep reading here with me. Same chapter, verse 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes. Now, that qualifies every one of us. Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here's the question. How do you call on the Lord? Right here with your mouth. So the word of God begins to put some things into motion. In first or Second Timothy 1.13, it says this. Hold fast to the pattern of sound words. Hold fast to the pattern of sound words. Now, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 12. 
Matthew chapter 12. And as you're turning there, when he said, whoever calls on the Lord will be saved, you begin to see the heart and the mouth are the key elements in connecting a human being to God. But if in the heart and the mouth are key elements in connecting to me to God, the heart and mouth can also be the key elements that can alienate me from God. Watch what the scriptures say here the rest of the night. And, and the goal here is to begin to get every one of us where we become conscious of the words that come out of our mouth. Now, I want you to think in these terms right here. If the way I get born again is I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth, every other promise in the Bible comes the same way. It comes exactly the same way. I believe it, and therefore I speak it. So again, get Scripture and start getting your mouth in line with the Word of God. You watch what God will begin to do. It'll begin to transform you. Matthew 12, verse 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Now, I want you to just think just a second what he's saying. If a tree's good, then the fruit's going to be good. If the tree is bad, then the fruit is going to be bad. He ends in verse 33 and he says, For a tree is known or recognized, identified by its fruit. So again, the fruit is, is a product of what is about the tree. That's the same with me and you. The fruit in my life is a result of what's in my heart. Start getting God in your heart. Keep reading, verse 34. Brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Now watch this. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Jesus right here, he reveals that my mouth is connected to my heart. And the words that come out of my heart are a direct representation of what, or the words that come out of my mouth are a direct representation of what I've put in my heart. You put the word of God in your heart and it'll start coming out of your mouth. Let me ask you right now, what are you putting in your heart? Again, if I'm not putting in the word of God in there, it's not gonna come out. So right here, he says, out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is gonna speak. My mouth is going to spew what's on the inside of me. Verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart, what he's put in his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasures brings forth evil things. So he's showing us again how it works. The good treasure or the bad treasure is a result of what I'm putting in there. That's why it's so important. Man, i got to get in the Word. i got to get in the Word on a daily basis. Now, we're really going to start digging in here. Watch what the Lord Jesus said in verse 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Now, I don't know how God does that, but He's God. And so every one of us in here there is some way that he was recording every idle word that we speak. Now, I want you to understand, when he talks about idle words, he's not referencing, uh, references cuss words, using the Lord's name. That's not what he's talking about here. 
So what would be the definition of an idle word? The, defini- the definition of an idle word is a non-working word, a non-operative word, a careless word. Now let me give you some illustrations of what that would look like. Really, to be truthful, it says exactly opposite of what the Word of God says. So I go into my individual life, and this may locate you. How many have ever said in your life, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not smart enough to do that. I can't figure that out. But see, the Word of God says in Philippians 4, He said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. And so then I go into to, uh, things with the kingdom of God in my life, and I've said this before out of my mouth. The Word of God's not working. That faith stuff's not working. It'll never happen. It's never going to come true. Any of you ever said that? You can be honest, I have. I've criticized the Word of God, and I've stomped my foot and said, God, where are you at? Duh, where are you at? See, these become careless words. The Bible's very clear that God will never leave you nor forsake you. So then I jump even into the areas of my life in my marriage. And I've said before stuff out of my mouth about my marriage that didn't agree with the Word of God. Now, I don't have to ask for hands on that one. Woof. We've all done that in marriage. Sometimes out of anger, sometimes out of fear. We say, you know what? She's, she's a hard-headed. She's a hard-headed woman. She never listens. She'll never change. All our marriages is we, we fight like cats and dogs. Now, Right there, those are are non-operative or non-working words. How about this? How many have ever said over your kids, they're they're slobs. They never clean their room. Little lazy rear, you know. And so it's very easy to begin to say, you quit acting like, you're just like your mother or father. So again, we've allowed our, our mouths to start literally prophesying our future. How many have ever said stuff about your job? I hate my job. My, my boss is an idiot. See, we can become very negative, And so this is what he's talking about with careless words, that my words don't agree with what the Word of God said. Now, he digs in a little more, verse 37. Watch this. For by... Your words, my words, your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Now, when you put verse 36 and verse 37 together, you find out the kingdom of heaven is like a courtroom, and God is the judge. The words he used there, justified and condemned, those are words you would hear in a courtroom setting. The word justify means... To be acquitted. The word condemned means to be sentenced. So he tells me and you right there, by your words, you will be uh, uh, acquitted or you will be sentenced. And so in the court of law, this is how it would look. We would go before Father God and he would say, this is the evidence against you. Well, what's the evidence? My words. The very words that I've said. And so the Lord looks at me and says, did you say those things about you? And you look and say, but your honor, I didn't mean to say that. That's a tough one to plea in heaven. God's going to look at you and say, 
But Mr. Swan, you chose to say that. And so for every one of these idle words, non-working words, I'm going to give an account of them. But the truth is in this. I'm going to live by those words right now. Now, Proverbs 15, 28 says this. A righteous heart thinks before he answers. Ooh, what would happen if I begin to think before I answer? you know why it says that? Because a righteous man thinks before he answers because he knows his words are so powerful. He knows what his words can do. Now, turn with me to the book of Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs 18. And as we're turning there, Many of you are going to say, well, I know where you're going. I've heard this before. Well, maybe you need a refresher on it. Look at it this way. We're going to advance mouth tonight. And you ones who've never heard this, understand this is mouth 101. You got to get it, okay? You got to get this stuff. I've got to get it in my life. I've got to get this in my heart. Proverbs 18, verse 20. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. Woo! From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. So he's telling me the quality of life that I'm living or not living is connected to my mouth. Who's responsible for your mouth? Remember Matthew 12, 30, uh, 12 37, he said, by your words, by my words, I'll either be justified, or I'll be condemned. Verse 22. Ooh, this is a powerful one. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Wow. I don't know that it could be presented any, any clearer than right. Death and life are in the power of my tongue. Death and life are in the power that the words I choose to speak out of my life. So all day long, this is what it looks like, that we're planting seeds, we're farmers, and the seeds that are coming out of my mouth are either going to be death or they're going to be life. One or the other. Now, I can tell you this. I've broke the 11th commandment. Some of you said, I didn't know there were 11th commands. Oh, yeah, don't be hung by thy tongue. That's the 11th one. I've broke it on numerous occasions. Now, here's what I find myself doing. When I know I've said stuff out of my mouth that doesn't line up with the Word of God, I repent of that. I say, Father God, I repent of that. I ask you forgive me. I ask you to cleanse that. That's not my heart's desire. And I encourage you to begin to do that when this begins to happen in my life. So death and life are in the power of the tongue. I walk my life based on what I've spoken out of my mouth. So here's what I found out in my own life my words do. My words locate me. You ever want to locate yourself? Just listen to what you're saying. Ooh, it's scary at times. My words also fix the landmarks of my life. My words do. Now, you want to get into something just a little bit farther here? This next verse is a head-scratcher, but I'm going to read it. Verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, the reason I said that's a head-scratcher, 
He goes in verse 20 and verse 21, talking about the power of the tongue. And then all of a sudden, he says, he who finds a wife kinds of good things and obtains the favor of the Lord. I've looked at that, and I looked at that for years, and I said, Lord, you got to help me with that. You know what he spoke one day and said? Your, never, your, your marriage will never be any better than what you're speaking of. For it. Hmm, I harpooned you, didn't I? That's how I felt that day, too. So understand this. Not just in my marriage, in every area of my life, I go around and I'm sowing seeds and I'm going sowing seeds. And so again, I can get back over on marriage. I, I know not everybody's in here married, but it still pertains to every area of your life. Anytime in our marriage, if we're not careful, we have hostile put-downs that all they do is erode our marriage. And the words that I begin to speak over those those are fixing the landmark of my life pertaining to marriage. Now, I, I married a, a total opposite. Oh, my gosh, she's the sun and I'm the moon. I mean, she's chocolate and I'm peanut butter. I mean, it's just, woo, we are, we are totally off the scale. I mean, you know, a lot of you that way, you married an opposite. You know what opposites to do? Opposites attract, and then guess what? Opposites react. And you say stuff. We're just not compatible. No, you're compatible. And so what I begin to do, even in my own life, I speak the things of God. You know, in Ephesians 5, the Lord said this. He said, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. I speak that over my eyes. I say, Father God, I thank you. I love my wife like Christ loved the church. Put the love of God in my life. You know, in uh, Proverbs 31, it talks about a virtuous woman. And it says at the end, her husband rises up and calls her blessed. I rise up and I call my wife blessed. I said, she is a blessed woman. She's a blessed woman. And you said, oh, pastor, you only do that on days you feel good. How'd you know that? No, I'm just kidding. No, I've got in my life where no matter what the day is, I'm not going to allow the day, what I feel, what I see to determine what I speak. And I will promise you, there's days that the words come out of my mouth are words of faith. But again, I begin to choose to speak those. So here's your homework assignment. What are you speaking in your life? I, I, I know every one of us have struggled at this or one time or other. You may be struggling with it right now. I, I, I never get a good job. We're always broke. We never have enough. Pat yourself on the back. You just prophesied that. All we do is fight like cats and dogs. Now, I'm going to give you this one little last thought. This is what the Lord did to me. And many of you have heard me talk about this. That last year there was one day that, oh my gosh, I, I was whining, belly aching, crying the blues to myself. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said this. He said, everything you say, tag it at the end and say, and that's just exactly the way I want it to be. Now, this is what it'll do to you. All me and my wife ever do is we fight like cats and dogs and that's just the way I want it to be. And I think that's not the way I want it to be, but yet that's what I'm saying. At my job, all there is is strife. It's bitter. It's ugly, ugly, ugly. And guess what? That's just the way I want it to be. And this year, the Hong Kong flu is going to be worse than ever. And I'll bet you I get it. And that's just the way I want it to be. 
And my kids, they're going to rebel. They're going to turn from the things of God. And that's just the way I want it to be. And so when he began to put it in that light, it changed the way I began to see stuff. Now, I'm going to give you one more example here, and then I'm going to quit for tonight. Let's just say that Jesus strolled in here, strolled down this aisle, and, and he gets right here to Philip, and he looks at Philip, and he says, Philip, from this day forward, I'm going to give to you or grant to you everything you say just the way you say it. Would that not change the way you spoke? It changed the way I speak real quick. So again, I'm, I'm not preaching here, guys, a name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, speak it and God will leak it, none of that. I mean, that's why I want you to see the scriptures that every one of those, they begin to talk about the, the heart and the mouth, the heart and the mouth. And so guess what? All this is really is Mark eleven twenty three. Whosoever will say into the mountain, be thou removed and be cast to the sea, and, and believe those things he says, he'll have whatever he saith. And so again, it's just becoming aware of what you speak. One last illustration, I promise you. Again, there's been times in my life that I've struggled in areas. I struggled in certain areas of my life, uh, not only with alcohol, many of you know, it's a teenage alcoholic. God set me free, and a lot of that came from just speaking the word, believing the word of God and trusting it. Uh, the issues I've had with sleep, I, I've, I've really targeted another area in my life. Uh, I, I grew up in a home that I knew my parents loved me. There's no doubt they loved me, but um, we, we weren't real good at showing love. Have you ever been that way? I'm just being truthful. And again, some of you have heard me say this, that if you ever come up to me and want to hug me, and I'm like, mm -mm, it's not you, it has to do with me, okay? So this area of my life, I begin to say, Father God, you said there in 1 John 4, 7 and 8, Beloved, let us love one another. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. I said, Lord, I, I want to love people. I want to be able to express stuff like that. Now, it's just not you. Even, even in my marriage, at times I haven't shown the affection that I needed to. A lot of that comes from how we were brought up. But I know, I know there's ones in here that you face similar stuff like that. Begin to speak the word of God over your life. Begin to call those things that be not as though they are. And God, God will help you. He'll bless you. But you've got to get a hold of this. I don't know if that helped anybody tonight. It helps me again. It stirs me back up. Now, I know I'm quitting just a little bit earlier here. One thing I want to end with tonight is on, on baptism. And I don't ever want to bring any confusion into this, okay? That's why I like to give you a lot of scripture. But uh, we've talked about here lately baptizing people. And, and some people here tonight have been baptized before. And we said, man, get baptized again. I'm going to get baptized tonight, okay? My wife's going to baptize me. Here's, here's some things I want to really stress here. Number one is many times people get baptized when they're young. I got baptized when I was real young. So again, I, I knew just a little bit, but a lot of it was I just wanted to please my mom and dad. So to a degree, I didn't know what I was doing. Even at times when we get born again in, in our adulthood, we get born again. But the more we grow when the things of God begin, we look and we say, man, I, I want a fresh experience with that. Now, my, my thinking in all this is, number one, 
I'm not preaching that this, this washes away your sin, okay? I understand that through the scriptures, the only way that sin is washed through the blood of Jesus. So why are we doing this? Well, listen to this passage here. This is Acts 19. I encourage you to write this down. Acts 19, verse 1. And it happened while Paulus was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and he found some disciples. So when I see the word disciples there, that shows me it's somebody that's gotten born again. They've given their heart to the Lord. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we've not so much as heard where there is the Holy Spirit. We don't even know what you're talking about. Verse 3. And he said to them, in what then are you baptized? So they said, into John's baptism. Uh, a cross-reference to that is, is Matthew 3, 5, and 6. And it says that they were baptized in the Jordan River and they confessed their sins. So before they got water baptized, they confessed their sins. Keep reading this here. Verse 4. Then Paul said, John did indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying on the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. So again, they get born again here, but they do confess their sins. My point here is this next verse. verse I'm jumping to verse 6. Or verse 5. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That verse right there, Acts 19, verse 5. It's the only place in the New Testament that I can find that believers were rebaptized. You can study it. You can also study Romans 6, okay? And so I, I want people to understand the same experience that Jesus had when he was water baptized. I believe that can happen. But I want you to know what we're doing is biblical, okay? It's what God did. He said right here in his word, so... I don't want to cause any confusion, and I don't know that there's been a lot, but there's reasons why I'm saying this, okay? Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.